0: A reading and a sermon for the third Sunday before Advent and also Remembrance Sunday. Amos chapter 5, beginning in verse 18. Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord! Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear or went into the house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals, I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like a never-flowing stream. This is the word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be now and always pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. sermon based on the Amos reading. November is the month for remembering. Last Sunday was All Saints' Day and we remembered the many saints and those people who have shared our lives to the past. This Sunday, we remember all those who have lost their lives in the many wars that have been fought. And we remember the fallen, those who gave their lives for the good of others. But there is a question that I think we all must ask, while at the same time remembering the dead in battle whilst we can never diminish the price paid or never take away from their sacrifice for something that they believed was worthwhile fighting for. Yet we need to ask, could there have been a different way to prevent such carnage and prevent it from happening in the first place? Empires and nations, countries and communities come and go, yet we never seem to learn the cost that war demands of us our precious loved ones. Faith and politics meet at the crossroads and one signpost points to peace while the other points to war. The choice is difficult and complicated and always costly. My own father-in-law joined the Royal Irish Fusiliers when he was a few days shy of 19. It was to be an adventure. Never did he imagine that a venture would lead to the horror of World War II. He fought in the many battles including North Africa and at Monte Cassino in Italy. He spoke only occasionally about what he saw. But recently my wife and I decided to go and see the one place he did speak about, Monte Cassino. Today a place of spectacular scenery and a beautiful, peaceful monastery so much different from the horror of war. It was hard to imagine how this man must have felt. So many of his comrades lost their lives here. So many of those who fought on the other side also lie here on this mountainside. The many different cemeteries in this area were testimony to the price paid for this piece of land. We tried to find the Allied war graves and locate some of his comrades but instead we stumbled across the German war graves. I have to say that both my wife and myself found this extremely sad and very emotional as we stood there amongst the dead of the perceived enemy. The one thing that raced through both our minds was that the dead lying here could have been killed by my father-in-law. Men in their twenties and thirties and even some just barely teens might not have made it back home to, their, to their, their own loved ones because of my father-in-law. It was so hard to take in, so hard to understand how nation could rise against nation and community against community. Our reading this morning from Amos speaks of a community that came to a new land, they settled there amongst the neighbouring people and life was good, All who belonged within this Thai community were considered as family. It was a land that flowed with milk and honey. It was their land, the promised land, a land given to them by God. Some of the neighbouring nations that shared this part of the world with them had undergone various power struggles over the years and some of the bigger nations had grown even more powerful by bullying the smaller nations and increasing the size of their empires and at times even threatening Israel, but this had not gone unnoticed by God. As is the way a bigger bully appeared upon the scene, Assyria, and the political and economic scene changed, allowing room once again for some of the smaller nations to expand. Israel took advantage of what was happening and began to establish trade routes, strengthen its military powers and create a new and prosperous economy amongst its neighbours. But sadly, it made the mistake all nations do. This newfound prosperity and security that followed also led to greed and injustice. These people that had once themselves been as a family gradually became a divided community of rich and poor. And as so often happens, the wealthy few continue to become wealthier while the poor amongst them became even poorer. While at the same time everyone continued to worship God, to do all the things that this family of faith had always done, to celebrate their festivals, offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, as though nothing was wrong between themselves and God. Amos is but one of the prophets that was sent by God with a message part of which we have just read, a warning to change their behavior. The day of the Lord was coming and it was not going to be what they expected. It was going to be a nasty surprise. It would be a day of darkness because his people had not been faithful. This was now an opportunity to repent and to avoid destruction. And this is just the beginning of the bad news. Amos has for Israel because not only is their present behavior that concerns God for he will no longer accept their offerings. I hate and despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn festivals, those same festivals that God himself had ordained. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. God no longer has an interest in their worship services, no matter how closely they follow the laws of ritual and of sacrifice. According to Amos, unless your actions outside of worship reflect your actions during worship, you may as well not bother. Worship without justice is false. In that case, worship becomes not merely irrelevant, but also offensive to God. This morning's reading from Amos concludes with a final exhortation to right living. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a never-flowing stream. Relevant to its original audience and as capable as ever to challenge us even today. Amos reminds us here that if we think of faith and politics as two separate and different pathways that only occasionally intersect, then we get it all wrong because faith is supposed to be the thing that draws us together as a community while at the same time this is what propels us out of the church and into the wider community where we are called to irrigate our daily lives and our communities with the waters of righteousness and of justice and unless our everyday lives line up with our theology And with the God we worship, then our worship is empty and hollow. One of the things the last eight months of living with a global pandemic has taught us is that no matter what our location or our denomination, we have become overly attached to our ways of worship. We plan it, we rehearse it. We make sure Sunday morning was word-perfect. Everything was polished and perfect and ready to go. The hymns, the flowers, the envelopes, the service sheets. And then the unthinkable happened. We could no longer gather in our buildings. Perhaps your church is back together now, or continuing to worship online. We've all learned something from the experience. And perhaps we have learned the very thing that Amos was trying to teach the Israelites had become so complacent in their own worship and in their living that God expects more, more from God's people than just worship, a worship that is predictable and controlled and polished to perfection. Perfection, while good, leaves little room for the messiness of living. It does not people meet people in the places they come from. Sometimes places of brokenness. God expects worship to create a community that invites all of humanity to participate, calls all of us together to focus on the broken instead of the whole, the we instead of the me, to focus not on nationality, Irish or British, American or African, but on a community of God's people. This was something Amos desperately wanted God's people to understand. That when we give into the temptation of focusing on our own needs and on our own desires, on our own safety and even our own security, rather than bearing in mind the needs of the other, the needs of all, even of those I dislike, then there is a deep disconnect between the justice God wants for all and the justice that we are prepared to give. There is a deep disconnect between the God we worship and the God of our daily lives. And when that deep disconnect is allowed to exist, the other who is anyone rather than ourselves suddenly appears in a different light, often viewed with suspicion and at times feared and maybe even eventually labelled as the enemy. And even to use such a word as enemy, allows us to use the language of hatred and anger with much greater ease until one day we go too far. What we dare to say in hate cannot be recalled and it becomes too late. Now we can argue the rights and the wrongs of war and maybe even agree on a just war. But the outcome of any conflict will always be hurt and death and acts of remembrance for the loved ones we have lost on days like today, Remembrance Sunday. But the alternative? Well, Amos reminds us that God wants us to see beyond our self-interests. He wants us to cling just a little less tightly to the things we think are important, even our ways of worship, the ways we cherish so deeply to allow our worship to propel us to be bearers of justice and compassion and mercy in a world that desperately needs a new hope, to see beyond the community that we call ours, a community that can sometimes exclude, to see beyond the limits of every individual community, to somehow see community as God does, the community of all humanity community where we allow justice to roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. If that was possible and that ideal could be reached, where we live for God by living for each other, well then the generations to come might not have to stand at a ceremony to remember its lost loved ones because of war. Amen.